Hi, friends, and welcome to the Midwest Mompreneurs Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Snellen, and each week I am going to be sitting down to share honest conversations, real resources, and the tips to help you navigate motherhood and building a business at the same time. Let's be honest, it's not an easy journey when you want to do both, but it is possible. Let's get to it. Hello, hello. I'm so excited. I always say this, but I feel like every interview just gets better and better. And today I am talking with Abby Eckel. You probably have followed her for her mom Instagram, which is very relatable at Life with Huddy and Harry. She is a Kansas City mom. She just launched her social media consulting business, and she is an expert and keeping it real with reels. We are diving into how she shares her relatable, real, honest mom life on reels. She started on TikTok, gained a ton of traction, grew her Instagram account authentically, and really built her brand by creating video content that is both entertaining and funny and honest. So we're diving into tips on reels, how to create them if you are feeling stuck on this new social media trend, and how she built her brand focused on authenticity and a little humor. So let's get into it. So excited to be chatting with you today. This is my first time actually meeting with you in person, but I feel like I I know who you are and it's all because of your real content, which is what we're talking about today. So I want to introduce Abby Eckel. She is on Instagram at Life with Huddy and Harry. I'm sure you guys have followed her if you're in the KC area. So if you could kind of just share who you are, how you got started, all the things that make you unique. Yeah. Thank you so much um, for having me. I'm, I'm like, so I don't know, like nobody's ever asked me to be on their podcast. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm like a big deal. (laughs) You are a big deal. (laughs) My husband and I joke all the time because he's always like, oh, there's your Instagram voice. I'm like, I don't have an Instagram voice. Like, (laughs) maybe I do. But um, so I started Life with Huddy and Harry um, after Harrison was born. I, gosh, I had gone, I'm a writer by trade. Um, I went, I was a journalist. I went to school actually to be a broadcast journalist and that didn't really pan out like I planned. So, um, but writing has always been, um, just a love of mine and I couldn't, I went back and forth and I started a blog and then I didn't, and I never really did it right. But, um, I actually, <laughs> I actually read, um, Rachel Hollis's girl, wash your face after Harry was born. And it really kind of gave me a kick in the ass and was like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to do it well. And I had no idea what I was doing. I had worked with influencers in my day job at an advertising agency and was just like fascinated. And um, my friend Katie Mack um, on Instagram is at Katie and Mack, but uh, we worked together and did influencer campaigns. And we were like, why don't we just do this? And um, so, yeah, we kind of did that a little bit at the same time. And it was helpful. We kind of like learned from each other and like learned all about the amazing people in the Kansas City community that were doing this and that were so helpful. And I just love like getting to know people. 
And that was always one of my favorite things about reporting was I would just talk to people and I would get to hear their stories and get to just like learn about them. And it was so incredible. And I think social has such a amazing way of bringing people together in that way that nothing else can do. And I just, yeah, I just kind of started and it didn't ever <laughs> feel like didn't really go the way I wanted. And then like, a year later, I was like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I told my husband, I was like, I'm really going to do this. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to get my shit together. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to keep going. And I really just like buckled down. And then, um, yeah, when the, um, the pandemic happened, I got on TikTok and didn't know what I was doing, but I was like lurking and watching other people. And I was like, okay, I'll give this a try. Like, and I think one of my first, one of my earlier videos on TikTok got like 700,000 views. And I was like, this is so much easier than Instagram. <laughs> I felt like I've been fighting Instagram for so long. So yeah, I'm just, it, it's kind of happened that I'm glad that there's reels now because I can kind of cross, cross create and cross promote. So it's worked out well. Yeah. And so you, like when you first started, were you mainly talking about motherhood kind of lifestyle content or yes. what was kind of your area of focus? Gosh. Yeah. I, I felt like, yeah, that was probably motherhood and um, I don't want to say fashion, but like I would take just like, I feel like a lot of people do is just take outfits of their everyday things. And I'm really big into thrift shopping. And so I did a lot on you know, thrifting and things. And I just felt like, I felt like I was always trying to be like everybody else. Yeah. And that was not working for me. And when I started tapping into reels and I started what I feel like was actually making content that I liked and that I enjoyed, I was finally finding my people. It was relatable. It's humorous. And it's mostly based off of the things that happened to me yeah. so uh that's what um so yeah I feel like I yeah I just kind of finally found my my place as an influencer and a blogger I feel like everyone starts with outfits because you feel like that's the only way to be successful yes and yeah it's so funny to see I, I kind of followed you for a while and it's so funny to see like you have gone all in on the reels and when you say humor and relatability like you're like talking about things I feel like no one is talking about so <laughs> are you just like a complete open book like how did you kind of open yourself up to exploring this because I'm sure there's people out there that are like oh my gosh I would never share that but how did you kind of say like this is my style this is my voice I need to go all in I I am, if you ask my husband, I am a weirdly open person. Like there's nothing that I won't talk about. Like if you're going to listen and we're going to talk, we're going to be real. I'm going to talk and I'm going to share. I'm an oversharer. So I just, I, I don't know. I started like finding things that were actually just relatable to me and like, you know, things like where a lot of people won't talk about because it makes them uncomfortable or they're just like, Oh, that's not really, you know, my style. And I was like, well, this is, this is actually who I am. And this was, this was things I would actually say to someone or tell a story about. And so I just, I was like, this is, this is it. Like, I still love taking 
I love to shop. So I, you know, I still like sharing the things that I like and I've just not really, I've just haven't made that kind of like my primary content theme. I just, I like doing reels. I think they're really short and, and funny. And a lot of people think that they're, and they probably are for some people, very time consuming for me. It's much easier for me to create a reel than it is to have a full on photo shoot. That is so much work. So I, I mean, yeah, I just, sometimes I like to watch videos. I like to watch videos and get sounds and ideas and something I'll hear a sound or a song and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I know what I can relate this to. And it just kind of, I guess that's kind of my, my process. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. Nothing is, nothing is off limits with me. And I'm sure. So my you got on TikTok, <laughs> which was new last year. You kind of got in there early, which is always the smart thing to do. And then you started exploring reels. When did you decide like, I'm going to do, cause it seems like you're doing daily reels or several in a week. So mm -hmm. kind of like, when did you say like, okay, I'm going to create a strategy, go all in on these reels. Like how was kind of that process for you? Or, you, or were you just like, I'm going to keep experimenting and see what works. Yeah. I mean, I, f I feel like, um, when I got on TikTok, the growth was so much faster and so much easier. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I like this. Um, I liked it. Um, I, I felt like I got to see a lot more of a lot of, a lot more different people than I did on Instagram. I felt like my feed and trying to find people, trying to find new people on Instagram, I felt, I feel like it's very difficult, but if I can, the algorithm for TikTok is just weirdly intuitive. And so I feel like it was really showing me new people. And so I really liked that. And then I think when Reels finally came to Instagram, I was a very, what I felt like was a very early adopter because I had already been kind of doing that with TikTok. And so I saw immediate growth. Like, yeah, you fast. grew. I remember felt because we, you know, work in influencer marketing, we're tracking follower growth just to see like who's buying followers, who's, you know, who's authentically growing. Yeah. And you skyrocketed. I mean, you were in like that 3,000, 4,000 range, jumped to 10,000 in a month, right? Oh, it was, I think, I think I went, I've been sitting at about 6,000 followers for what felt like forever. Yeah. And then I started doing reels and I think I went from 6,000 to 10,000 in like a month maybe. And it was just like the growth, the easy growth that I had seen on TikTok was finally transitioning into Instagram. And I was like, oh my God. And people loved it. I can't like so many people would reach out to me and be like, you're a breath of fresh air. Your content is so refreshing. Like, thank you for being so open. Thank you for being so honest. It's hilarious. It's giving me, you know, laughter in a time when things are really shitty. And I was like, okay, this is great. And I just, it felt like I had finally found what I was supposed to be doing on, you know, as a blogger. Yeah. And it's interesting you say about like the photo shoots and everything, but I feel like with the pandemic and everything we experienced in 2020, it's kind of like burst that facade of like all the fakeness that was happening on Instagram, all of the like, you know, creating this ulterior world. And like you were saying, people want to connect with people. They don't want to just consume content that makes them feel not good or feel like they're not keeping up enough or they're not, they don't have the right outfits or whatever that is. And so you just focus on the relatability, which I think is so smart. And I think humor too, yeah. which we all need to laugh. So yes.
Yeah, I love that. But then, okay, so on the flip side, with Reels, with being more open, you've gotten a lot more negative criticism, maybe some hateful DMs. Like, how has that been? Um, I tend to be what I feel like is fairly thick skin. I can kind of roll with the punches. I, I just kind of knew because TikTok, I thought TikTok is worse. Like, Oh really? Okay. There is Gen Z is on there and they will eat you alive and they have no hesitations <laughs> whatsoever. And I had, I think I had gotten my first taste of that when I did a TikTok where really I was, I, uh, I was redecorating my front porch for spring. Like, I don't know what, why anybody would be so mean about that, but oh my God, it blew up. And then people were just vicious. And I was like, what, what is happening? I had never, never faced that before anywhere. And I was like, okay, this is it. <laughs> so I just was like, I don't care. Like if you, if it makes you feel better to comment something negative on my post, then I hope you feel better. Like that doesn't, it's, I'm not going to let that affect me. And, um, but then when I started growing quickly on reels, um, I did get a lot of, uh, unnecessary, not maybe unnecessary, but just unwelcome hate. And I was like, but then being, as like a social strategist myself, I'm like, I mean, you're really helping my content. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. You didn't, you do a reel about how oh, when yeah. people negatively comment, it's actually helping. Yeah. Yes. And so, I'm like, if you really dislike someone and their content, don't say anything or don't unfollow type anything, yeah. <laughs> don't comment anything. Don't direct message that person. You're triggering the algorithm when you do that. And I've had people that are like, I hate your content. Why do you keep showing up in my feed? And I'm like, you keep commenting, <laughs> commenting, and this will stop happening. But it there there was one time when I think um, I think I'm sensitive to when somebody says anything about my parenting. Mm -hmm. Me personally, you say whatever you want about me. I don't care at all. But um, my parenting or my kids is is a sensitive subject, and and somebody had said something about that to me, and I was it bummed me out. Um, it, I let it get to me a lot more than I, I typically do. And I was like, Ooh, you know, yeah. but I shared that, like I shared that with people and I was like, you know, this was shitty, but this is what happens when you put yourself out there like this and you share things. And, and there've been times when I share something and I'm like, Ugh. I go back a couple weeks later and I'm like, I think better of it. And I'm like, no, I'm going to take that down. I don't really like that. That was a, you know, a poor judgment time. And, um, but it happens. We're not perfect. Um, yeah. And you're sharing real situations that have happened to you, you know, and parenting is hard and weird things happen. And I actually appreciate that you talk about those things sometimes because, and I don't want to get too far into it, but you recently talked about something that your son did with his private area. I'm like, Oh my God, like these are the things that no <sighs> one talks about. And we all know that something like that is happening in every household. I have a boy too. And it, you don't want to be the mom that comments in the mom group about it because you know you're going to get bashed. And so the fact that you're able to just like talk about these things in a relatable way and you're never bashing in any, anyone or anyone's parenting styles or choices. So it's just, oh. it's just such an interesting time to be a mom where it's like everything you do can be taken in the wrong way yeah. by some person. Oh, you're going to offend someone inevitably. It's, that's just the way it is. And I guess maybe I was just, 
raised that way. Like my mom is very outspoken and I'm very close with her and I was raised to be outspoken and you know sometimes that has suited me well and sometimes it gets me in trouble but um I I just I don't know I did what I think my mom probably would do in this situation if it was around back then which was talk about it and be open with my kids about things and you know try to because I don't know everything so that's why I asked like I asked people like hey have you dealt with this before please give me some advice because I didn't I didn't know what to do. And that that's such an amazing thing about that connection from social with so many people had such great, great insights. And I, I don't think I got any negativity from that, which was wonderful, but everybody was just like, thank you so much. I love the way you handle that. Thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you for explaining what you did, how you handled what your son did. And I mean, I think, I mean, nobody knows what they're doing as a parent, nobody. So we're all just winging it. I feel like social media, the whole thing is like, you have to be an expert. You have to pick an area and you're an expert and you have to be that. And like, the reality is a lot of us behind the screens are just everyday people just trying to navigate the day to day. We don't always know what we're doing. And sometimes we do make mistakes. Um, And I think that you've done a really good job of, of, of having that strategy, but also just being a human being, which I think is something that a lot of people are missing on social media, which also brings me to the fact that you've talked about, I mean, we're both white women, but we've, you've been really vocal about important issues that have been happening in the world. And there's been a ton of backlash and I don't know what the right answer is either, but I've also been vocal when things matter. And I just feel like it's been, it's probably still hard to talk about things because you're getting so much backlash and hatred, but it's so important. And it's Mm -hmm. like going against the grain when it counts. So like, how has that been for you? It's been hard. Um, I definitely lost a lot of followers and I just, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like if you, you know, this is, this is the great and the bad side of social media is that this is my this is my platform this is what i am here to talk about and i think that it is incredibly um important i just again i i just wasn't raised to ignore something like that i think you know i i'm not always politically correct i'm sure and what i discuss i try to um think about what I want to say before I just mouth off and say it. But I, I just feel like it, I kind of equate it to like, if you're out in public and you see somebody getting robbed or beat up and you just walk by because it's not your job to stop and, and do anything. People do walk by all the time, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't like, sure. It's not my job to help that person or call the police but it's the right thing to do as a human being. So I just can't look the other way in good conscience and just keep going. I think, I think a lot of things have happened um, socially, you know, and honestly, it's not easy. My husband is a police detective. Mm-hmm. We have disagreed on things that have happened, but for the most part, um, he's a very good sounding board and kind of a, a good voice of reason and understanding. And, um, 
it's, yeah, it's hard, but I, I just, it's something that I feel very passionate about. And I think should be talked about. I think if you, I don't know the right thing. I have learned that I think maybe it's better to have people um, call into a conversation versus mm -hmm. calling someone out. Um, I kind of, I learned that the hard way because I, I get so passionate about things and I want other people to be passionate about the same thing. And sometimes that comes, that doesn't come across well. And I've learned that about myself. And so I just, I want to have a better way to have a larger conversation with people who maybe, because I know I've talked to a lot of bloggers and influencers and they're afraid to say anything. They don't know what the right they're afraid thing of losing followers are afraid of. Yeah. You know, they're afraid of losing brand deals. Mm -hmm. And I didn't start this to make money. I started this because I liked it. And I, if a brand wants to drop a deal with me because of things that I've said, then I probably don't want to work with that brand. And I, this isn't my moneymaker. I don't do it for money. I don't do it for, for clout. I do it because it's a creative outlet for me. And that's the way I think of it. And so, but I just feel like when you have, any type of a platform where you have influence, I feel like it's kind of a responsibility to discuss things like that and be part of the conversation and be part of it all the time, not just when it suits you. Oh, that's so good. And I feel like the other thing is if someone's listening in and they're like, well, I'm not as vocal, I'm not as funny, or I'm not as relatable as Abby. I'm not either. We, you and I have very different personalities and we can show up for situations in different ways. And I think it's really about finding your voice and how you can communicate things in your own personality and style while also Absolutely. making a difference, I think, is the thing that I've kind of realized. So I agree with the not calling anyone out. Um, so I wanna dive into, I love what you just mentioned. This is like your creative outlet. I love that because I feel like so many people start an account to create money, to build money, and that's great that can happen. But when you are building something, it becomes greater. You create community, like you're, you're investing in your future. Now you're going off on your own. You're creating a social media business. So like, what has the strategy been? Are you hoping to just, um, continue creating really great content and forming that community? Um, what is kind of like your next steps as you evolve in your career? Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I've thought that far. <laughs> Um, I mean, really, I just, I will, I will keep creating content because it is my creative outlet and my, it is separate from my social media consulting business, but, um, I tend to deal more with businesses on that side, but also help bloggers and influencers as well. Um, because I've seen both sides. I've seen the business side of working with influencers. And then I've also been one myself working with the business. So I think that's kind of a unique um, angle that not a lot of people have. And so I think it's good to, I can pass kind of info, um, you know, along. And so I think for me, I just, it, a lot of like, it's, I guess it's my hobby. Like mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of like other hobbies. I have kids and a job and, you know, and so I, there's not a lot of hobbies that I have, but this is, this is my hobby. And this helps to keep me fulfilled as a mom and have, you know, kind of another, another purpose that's just for me. That's just something that I do that I enjoy and is meaningful. And I think I just, 
I just want to keep, you know, creating content and, you know, keeping up. I love social media in general and keeping up with the trends and the upcoming, um, you know, platforms. And I just got on Clubhouse and I feel very much like I did before I got on TikTok. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> what do I do? I don't understand. And I feel like old in that aspect. Like I remember when I worked at the agency and every one of my clients was like, should we explore TikTok? And I was like, absolutely not. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't feel like her audience is there. But then I got on it and I, I finally kind of like learned and figured it out and dabbled and um, was like, okay, there's a lot of ways that this can be used. And it's so educational. I learned the craziest things from TikTok that I would have never known. But um, so I think honestly, I just, I just am going to just keep doing what I'm doing and see kind of where it takes me. And I don't have any long-term goals necessarily for my blog um, because it's not, you know, yeah, if I, if I get a deal, that's fantastic. It's just kind of a bonus. If I don't, that's okay. If I lose followers, okay. Um, I'm doing it for me. That's, that's kind of the, the bottom line. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. I think that that is, missing. I think sometimes that is the missing factor in creating quality content that you're like excited about and you feel like are going to connect with people is because so many people are driven by the dollars or how many, you know, clicks they'll get or things like that. So I want to like kind of pick your brain on what your process is. Like say you're having a week where you're not really inspired or say someone has not done a reel yet, which I definitely encourage people trying it out. You don't have to be an expert in it. It's so much easier now on Instagram, but What's kind of your process? Do you start on TikTok? Do you get inspired? Do you write down notes of things that happened to you during the week? Like what's kind of a good way to kind of get those ideas formulated? So I typically, um, I typically go on TikTok first. Um, I have found that TikTok um, trends start there and then come to Instagram. So if I can find them early enough on TikTok and find something that I can relate it to and then post it to Instagram. I'm, I tend to be more of that trendsetter on Instagram reels than if I had waited. So, um, I typically just go on TikTok. I scroll through my for you page and I kind of take note of the sounds or the songs that I keep seeing over and over again and try to think of something and not everything is, is, original by any means something I see from somebody else might be like oh oh okay yeah I can a similar thing has happened to me or something else like that and I can you know I can redo it that is the good and the bad side of this is nothing is original anymore but it's fine I think everybody's kind of come to terms with that you're not you're not recreating the wheel I mean everybody's done it so um but I typically like oh gosh what did I Oh, I was thinking of one. I keep seeing, oh my God. And I, <laughs> I will wake up. This will keep me up in the middle of the night. Like I will have like a longer version TikTok going in my head of like, oh my God, this is what I need to talk about. And I have to get up and I have to write it down because otherwise I will just keep like spinning and then I can't sleep and it drives me absolutely crazy. But there was one that I heard and it's all about apparently um, side parts and skinny jeans are out. Who knew that? Um, but I, I started thinking like my forehead is huge. Like I don't ever do a middle part. 
part, <laughs> at least not like right down the middle. And so I was thinking, I was like, oh my God, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to stop telling me how I have to wear my hair, Gen Z. Like, who are you? But then I was working out earlier this morning and I was listening to this song. And I think it's, I don't know if it's Cardi B or whatever, but it's like, um, it has a little blurb in it that's like, watch your man, you should watch your mouth. And I was like, oh my God, if I do a side part, one, I'm going to look ridiculous. <laughs> but that is kind of the point because then I'm going to be like, yeah, like look at this side part. And I'm going to be like, watch your man. This side, this middle part is coming for you. Like, no, <laughs> but it's just, <laughs> those are just the things that I don't know. I think of because I'm like, okay, nobody wants to see me with a middle part because that's not really good for anybody. So if that's what you want to tell me, Gen Z, then I'm coming for your man. Like, obviously not really, but those are, that's just, um, that is kind of what I, when I think about, or like the, the kids, like uh, my kids and my husband are the best for content. Like I, I went in, I was making my grocery list and I was like, oh, do we have balsamic vinegar? And I went in, there is an empty bottle of balsamic vinegar in my pantry. Yeah. Who puts an empty bottle back? Like, <laughs> And I automatically think of like a sound that I've heard that I can ladder this situation back up to. And, um, or, you know, things my kids do or say. And sometimes I use other people's sounds. Sometimes I use my own sound. Um, I made one on TikTok that was, I had bought the ruched leggings and my husband didn't say anything about my butt looking nice. So uh, I called, um, I called the waste services department and asked them to come pick him up. I saw that one. <laughs> and that one blew up and that's like, it's so hard. Cause I don't, I don't ever know if like an original sound is going to. So then other people started using that sound that you created essentially. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, um, yeah, and there's I, multiple ways you can do it with Instagram now too, because Instagram has their own music. So you can use Instagram's music, but it's not always the same soundbite as TikTok, or you can create it in TikTok and then download it to Instagram, or you can create your own sound. Um, I am such an early, I have no idea what I'm doing and I honestly don't love it, but it, I'm, I'm trying. Um, but what do you think is the easiest place for people to start if they're like, okay, I'm going to create a reel is it easier to use someone else's sound or do you feel like go all in, create a sound, try and get that to go viral for other people to use? I would say, I would say jump on a trend first because that's going to be the easiest. You don't necessarily have to come up with a full blown idea yourself. Um, you can just kind of use somebody else's and equate it to something that has happened to you or you think is relatable um, and, and kind of go that route just as you're kind of testing the waters, I think is, um, you know, is, is an easier way to, to dive in and kind of dip your toe in the water. Um, and I think you can do, I mean, I've learned Instagram is not far behind TikTok now, um, in terms of trends. So I will spend some time on TikTok first and then I'll spend some time on reels and just kind of see like what the trend is when you're hearing the same kind of sound over again, or you're hearing the same song over again, you know, that's when you can say, okay, you know, I can, this is something I'm seeing over again. This is obviously starting to be a trend. So let's just jump on that and try it out and see how it goes. I mean, not everything is going to be 
a winner, uh, not, you know, and, and, and it takes a while, like it takes consistency. You know, my first reels weren't amazing. They didn't do amazing, but as you keep doing that kind of consistency, that's what the algorithm likes. It likes, um, it just wants to keep people on the platform. Yeah. And so the longer you can keep them there, the more the algorithm is going to reward you by showing your content to other people. So when you can create a longer form reel or you create a reel in general, that keeps people on the platform longer than any other type of content. So it's going to show that more, which is why reels have gotten so big. And I think honestly, at least for, I can't speak for anybody else, but I know for me, I have plateaued and probably even gone way down. And I think it's because people have started to catch on and more people are doing reels. And so it's getting very saturated, but that's okay. It's just, that is the nature of the platform. It's going to evolve and people are going to keep doing it. And there's going to be a new thing coming out again, who knows when. And so it's just kind of staying on top of it. And I think, you know, using all of the functionalities of the channel that, you know, it wants you to do. So I would say do a trend first. Um, You know, then as you get more familiar, try to, you know, do one a week, Um, then do two a week. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy though. And that's okay. Like if you're, if you're doing this because you truly enjoy it, don't force yourself do what it is that you enjoy. Otherwise it's not going to work. If you're forcing yourself to do something that you don't want to do, it's going to come across that way. And then it's not going to perform. And then you're just going to beat yourself up about it. And that's going to be a vicious circle. Yeah. So it's just, it's a learning experience and it's not, you know, it's not for everybody. Reels aren't for everybody, but I think once you start doing it and getting the hang of it, um, I think it'll start to be a little bit easier. Yeah. I love that. I think it's so important to create content you're excited about that you feel like is in your personality and style. So how do you actually create, you have your ideas, you have your concepts, you've done your research, you have that light bulb moment. How do you set aside one day where you, you're batch creating all your reels? Are you doing them in the cracks of your day? Like, how does that work? Because you're a mom, you're working. I mean, managing the account, there's a lot going on there. Honestly, I am doing it in like every spare moment I have (laughs) to breathe. Um, Anytime, if I can, um, so typically my husband and I um, kind of switch off weeks. So one week I'll cook dinner, he'll take care of the kids. The next week he'll cook dinner and I'll take care of the kids. So I have those times where I can um, come home and now that I've gotten better at it, it doesn't take me as long. And at least I can go ahead and film it and um, kind of get it in order so I can do that fairly quickly um, in the evenings, maybe after my kids go to bed or, you know, while my husband's cooking dinner and they're playing, I can do something really quickly and then save it. And then I can go in later and, and kind of plug in the closed captionings, which I think is really important because a lot of people don't have their sound on, but they like to see that as well as it's, um, you know, disability friendly. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's, that's good. but. Um, really, I don't, I don't typically try to knock everything out in like one day or one sitting. Cause I just can't, that's too much for me. Oh, I get I, that will wear me out way too quickly. So if I can do like one, like one, one evening and then do another the next evening and just try to, um, try to keep that flow of things. Um, that's typically how it works, you know, best for me. 
but you know, I know a lot of people like to go and do like a full day and, and shoot content and take pictures and edit and get everything in one day. So they have it ready for the week. And I am, I don't work. I'm not organized. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a batch queen, especially reels are more challenging for me. It doesn't come as natural. So I definitely have to set like two to three hours in one day and just try and create as much as I can. And then I type out the captions. And so I have the captions ready to go. I mean, it's a whole thing for me because if I don't do it in that way, I won't actually get around to posting it, but there's the possibilities are endless. You can use old content. You can create, I mean, there's so many things that you can do. I just think like encouraging people to try it is important. Um, I was going to ask you something and I'm drawing a blank because I'm so excited about talking about reels, but what do you think? the future will look like being in the social media marketing world. I mean, you're getting ready to launch this business. This is like your first month, right? Going full time, which is so exciting. Um, I still haven't seen a lot of brands integrated into reels. A lot of brands haven't caught on to reels. A lot of brands aren't quite doing sponsorship just for reels yet. I feel like that's such a niche. I feel like it's something that you could focus on. Is that kind of something that you're looking at doing or What are your thoughts on the brand integration into reels? The brand integration into reels is difficult. Um, I, I think it can be done. Absolutely. The problem is as a business, um, it's a copyright issue with sounds and music. And so everything has to be essentially original content. And that takes way more work than just throwing a song in and, and, making something kitschy and funny. And so I think that it is, um, you know, it's a lot harder I've seen, you know, um, but the good thing is this is where, but this is where businesses can, can benefit is from using influencers and allowing them to create the content for them. And so, um, it is one of those things though, where it does take a lot more time, but, um, and a lot of business are, are still, you know, having an aversion to it, just like TikTok. Mm-hmm. They don't, and it's mostly because they don't understand it. They don't understand. Um, they still think it's just dances, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> there are literal doctors on TikTok, like teaching people yeah. about ADHD and about, um, you know, gynecology and like dermatology my God, if I haven't gotten a whole new skincare routine from watching TikTok, like it's mind blowing. And one of the things that, um, you know, my current job, we deal with a lot of partners and a lot of doctors and natural practitioners and dermatologists and chiropractors. And I'm like, this is a space where you can be because not a lot of, there still aren't a lot of people there doing it. And small businesses small businesses, my gosh, if you can find small business TikTok, there are so many places that have made and shown off what they're making and have just blown up and they can't even keep up with orders. Like it's so, it's just such a great place. And so I think, but translating that, you know, into leads or sales revenue, sessions to the website, those kinds of things that a lot of businesses are looking for, um, you know, it's going to take a while, you know, you've got to start at the top and work your way down the funnel. And that's doesn't happen overnight, 
but I think there is a lot of possibility for businesses. Um, I think they just have to have the right overall strategy in place. This has to be part of a much larger strategy of what is going to get them to their business goal. And so, um, you know, I think having, having a business and a brand that is open to exploring that and finding ways that it can work, um, I think is key because a lot of people I think are still, you know, a lot of C-suite is still very much like, I don't see value in this. I don't understand this. So I think it takes a lot of trust to do that. Uh, but then also as influencers marketing yourself, you know, in that way and saying, hey, I can reach millions of people with just this video. And that's huge. And so then it's all about really, you're talking about pitching and that is a whole other. Yeah, totally. No, I, I was just curious your thoughts because I know for me working on the brand side too, like we're definitely looking at influencers who, because before it was like, do they have a YouTube? Do they have a podcast? Do they have um, another platform that we can tap into? And now just with the explosion of reels and this type of content, and just like what you were saying, so many brands don't have that capability. They don't have the creativity that whatever the case is. So I definitely I think it's a way for influencers to stand out by creating really quality reels. And um, I know it's hard to make them be like an ad, but there's so many different like beauty tutorials are huge right now. Or like, like you were saying the legging trend, like there's so many different things that I feel like there's opportunities um, for you to stand out and capture attention um, from a brand. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, well, this has been awesome. What are kind of like your, what are, what are you excited about right now? You're launching your social media business. What are different things that you are planning as we go into 2021? Oh gosh. Um, I am terrified and excited all at the same time. Um, <laughs> I had no idea the amount of work that it would take to launch, um, my own business, <laughs> but I'm quickly learning that. Um, but, uh, it makes me feel better that I have, you know, I have clients lined up. I have, my husband is incredibly supportive. I could not have done it without him. Um, I think I'm just, I'm looking forward to seeing kind of where the platforms evolve. Um, you know, TikTok had been in a very iffy place for a while with a possible ban. And, um, well, I, I don't foresee that actually happening. Um, I think there could be some changes um, I think Instagram and Facebook too are seeing some changes. I'm seeing a lot of people, um, you know, threatening maybe to leave the platforms um, and go to other ones. So I'm kind of, you know, got my ear to the ground about upcoming platforms like Clubhouse and, um, you know, a couple other ones that I'm, I'm kind of seeing, but I don't Which think Clubhouse will be very different for you because it's basically like podcast it's voice there's no visual like which i love like when clubhouse launched i was like yes this is me i can do this which of course i haven't because i'm doing a million other things but i'm like this is a platform that works for me mm -hmm. and i feel like that's the thing is like staying ahead of the trends and researching them but like knowing you don't always have to do and be everywhere yes Yes. Thank you. You don't have to be everywhere on every platform. If it doesn't make sense for you and your brand, you don't have to be there. Like I can't Twitter. No, 
does absolutely nothing for me, has done nothing for any of the brands that I've ever worked with. That's not to say that there isn't a place for it. LinkedIn, other, you know, TikTok, Snapchat, you don't have to be on everything. That's okay. Find where your ideal audience is and be there for them, where they want to be and talk to them how they want to be talked to. That's such a, such a hard thing for people. They're just like, Ooh, shiny new object. Let's get on that. Yeah. No, 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 no. Let's hold the reins here. We got to research this and come up with an actual strategy before we just dive headfirst into a whole nother platform. So that's, that's, um, that's very difficult, but, um, yeah, I am, I am excited to see just like overall what 2021 holds and God, I hope it's better than 2020. (laughs) Yeah, I know it has to be. I feel like 2020, we went through so much and like, it was so painful and such a good growing experience at the same time. I'm, I'm sure in like 10 years, we'll look back and be like, oh, wow, we like really, we're like, we learned so much and our world is so different now and it was for the better, but man, I cannot imagine it could get any worse than that. I mean, knock on wood, like I see. And especially too, I feel like in the social media, I don't know how it was for you, but in the social media world, so like we would do events, we would have other pieces of our marketing plan. And a lot of that got cut, shifted to social. So social is even more important than ever, I feel like. Um, And more and more people are realizing they have to have a strategy on social. They have to know what they're doing. They have to kind of create really quality content, not just salesy, ad-driven type posts. And so I just, I think that social is going to continue to grow. It will be interesting to see what happens. Totally agree. I'm very interested to see because yeah, I think brands definitely learned very quickly that social had to be a very, I feel like social has always been kind of a, like a redheaded stepchild. Like it's there and they know that it has to be there, but they don't really know why or like what to do with it or what it can do for your business. And I think 2020 really shined a spotlight on social and the importance that it has in connecting your customers and connecting with your ideal audience and, um, and having that, you know, having a, a PR strategy of, you know, speaking to your customers and explaining those changes and figuring out ways that we can do things virtually, which has not been easy. Um, I'm sure you can relate. So I think it's, yeah, I'm interested to see how brands are going to shift or maybe change their marketing budgets to lean a little bit more heavily on social. Yeah. I can tell you from what I've seen, it's definitely happening, which is great for people that are in this world. So Give a shout out your new business, where people can follow you if they want to watch your reels, types of services you're offering, all that kind of good stuff. Yes. So um, it is Moon Social Consulting. Um, it's moonsocialconsulting.net and at Moon Social Consulting for my handle on Instagram. Um, you can also follow me at Life with Heidi and Harry and um, Moon Social. I pretty much do whatever you need <laughs> in terms of social media. I don't have like a a list of like packages because I don't feel like that's really necessary, but I have been doing a lot of like one-on-one coaching, talking about Facebook ads, um, which I think is going to be hugely important this year as well. Um, uh, Instagram strategy, overall content and channel strategy, influencer marketing, um, gosh, content creation, <laughs> all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, you can, you can find me there if you need me. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad we could chat. Um, definitely follow Life with Huddy and Harry too, because she's got great 
relatable everyday mom life stuff too. So thank you for your time, Abby. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Midwest Mompreneurs. I'm your host, Katherine Snellen, and I appreciate you so much. Let's keep the conversation going on social media. You can follow me on Instagram at the Catherine Elise.